Hey guys, Trigger here. I'm here to talk to you about a company called Stain Metal 666 that's based out of Mexico. Um, they're really involved in the metal music scene. Uh, I don't know if y'all know this about me, but I really do love listening to rock and metal music. Uh, been that way for a long time. I'm into a lot of bands. Uh, one of the bands I currently started listening to a lot is Ginger, and they've worked closely with them on promoting their shirts and their hats and everything they have to offer with this business. So I'm here to give them a shout out because I just ordered from them recently and they definitely have a positive message of loving music and loving metal music and staying together as a community through metal music. So definitely, definitely a good company to be a part of, and they're looking for support. Um, I'm going to link their Facebook page in the, in, the, in the podcast part of it, so y'all can definitely check them out. Uh, the link will be in the description, and uh, yeah, just give them a chance. Uh, Luis is a hard worker, and he'll work with you to get whatever product you need from them shipped worldwide. And uh, it's definitely worth the wait. They're amazing products. I am waiting to get mine in this week and I'll definitely be supporting and wearing it. So yeah, definitely check them out and uh, take it easy and stay metal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wrestling Has Lost Its Way. All right. I, I, I really wanted to show this because it was a really awesome surprise. And I just really want to thank, since, since we're not able to do it, I'm just going to do this real quick. I just really want to thank Loomsy for the surprise. I woke up Saturday morning. It was about 5 a.m., and he's like, Hey, hey, check your email. So I did. And I was very surprised that I had a birthday cameo, a happy birthday cameo from the Spanish god, Sammy Guevara. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we were wow. trying to get this going because it was an awesome surprise and I really wanted to share it with everyone but if if you'll go to the Wrestling Has Lost Its Way Facebook page I have uploaded it there so hell yeah thanks Loomsy that was pretty damn awesome bro you've you you really came through for a lot of people and help out in every way that you can. And if we're able to figure this out in any way, we'll show it on here. But for now, we're just going to hold off and go back to our normal deal. 
and hit up Johnny for the news. All right. Uh, <clears throat> first off, uh, yesterday, AEW had they had some TV tapings yesterday. Since they have four shows a week now, uh, you know they have dark, uh, dark elevation, dynamite, and rampage to, I guess, lighten the load when it comes to their live shows. So the shows aren't as long. They took up shop at the old WCW Worldwide, uh, which is in uh, Universal Studios in Orlando. So they had, say, two sessions of dark, each lasted three hours each. So I'm, I'm assuming they they taped a month's worth of, of uh, dark episodes. Well, on the second session, we had another debut. Santana Garrett made her AEW debut. She wrestled. Ooh. She wrestled Diamante. So uh, we won't obviously we won't see that for a while, but still, that's that, that's good to see another another former uh, WWE star going over there. Speaking of stars going over there, uh, Kevin Owens. It. Uh, Turns out his contract has it was going to expire in January 2022, and he's already hinting that he's going to he wants to go to AEW. He tweeted out the the coordinates to uh, Mount Rushmore, which Mount Rushmore was the name of the the faction that he was in when he was in pro wrestling gorilla with uh, the Young Bucks and Adam Cole. So he's, and he put his location on Twitter as almost there. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so he's already teasing going to AEW, and a lot of backstage people within WWE don't think he's going to resign. So yeah. So uh, looks like we'll be seeing Kevin Steen in AEW. Not not too much. Not too much longer from now. <clears throat> All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is not good news. Uh, you know, we got the we have the new NXT coming this week. Uh, WWE have have let let twenty eight people from the NXT production staff go, which leaves uh, leaving just the bare minimum. Uh, to run uh, NXT Productions. And that's along with uh, now they're, they're only having only have one production crew for Raw and SmackDown as well. Uh, again, we'll see. We'll see what this new NXT is going to look, look, look like here on this Tuesday. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling it. It's gonna look like shit. I mean, yeah, it might be, might be right. Probably are. Right. There ain't no might be. <laughs> <laughs> I am right. Yeah, and that's that's all. 
that's all the news for now because I know I have more news, but we'll we'll discuss as we go along. Yeah, but before we move on to the main shows of the week here, I I just want to say with everything that's going down in NXT, you know, Triple H had his cardiac event as they called it. Oh, that, oh, that's what I forgot to say. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So last week, Triple H had a uh, medical procedure done uh, because he had a, quote, a cardiac event, which they say was a genetic heart defect. But I'm thinking it was more stress-related. Father-in-law related. Yeah. I, <laughs> I had a <laughs> lot of thoughts coming through my head when I heard about it. But one of the main things I thought was, even if it is a genetic heart condition where it's been there and it's just finally starting to take its toll on them, it definitely didn't help about all the news of NXT and Vince taking over and all the changes that are going to be made. Yeah, yeah, that definitely didn't help him out. So I, I just hope he's he's all right, which it seems like he is from what I have heard. I just hope he's able to recover 100% and that this doesn't have long-term side effects down the line where, you know, unfortunately, let's be real here something like this could mean him passing away before his uh, before his time, you know? Before Vince. I didn't I, I was gonna go there. <laughs> but yeah, I'll be fucking damned if Vince McMahon outlives Triple H. The one guy we have all said and not only us, that plenty of people have said, needs to take over when Vince dies. Yeah. I ain't going to sugarcoat that shit. Hell yeah. When Vince dies, Triple Before H Vince is dies. the one that needs to take over. And I'll be damned if... It should be. If, it should be before Vince dies. It's going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just... Everything is so fucked, man. And I understand it's your company, but you also have to understand that you can't run the whole damn thing, okay? You, it's, it's okay to leave some things to other people. Triple H was doing a great job with NXT. And now look at the shitstorm you're causing there. <laughs> it, it, Exactly. I just I just hope Triple H is going to be all right and that whenever he does decide that it's okay for him to come back that he makes a smart choice as to what he wants to do. Right. I I'm not I'm not going to say he needs to go somewhere else because he has friends in other companies. You know, we don't even need to bring up Billy Gunn. Yeah. Like, 
DX reunion in AEW. Fuck yeah. <laughs> like, a lot of shit could happen, but we just need to focus, and he needs to focus on getting getting good for now, and we just send him all the well wishes, and we can't wait to see you on TV again, you badass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now that we've finished up with that, this is going to be a little different. We are going to go and we're going to start off talking about All Out because, let's face it, we we really don't want to talk much WWE because for the past week and even before that, but we didn't want to bring it up because we wanted to give a fair chance to all shows. AEW has been spoiling us. And it all started at All Out. So I'm going to go over to Johnny and have him share his favorite moment from All Out. <laughs> there's there's way too many to, to talk about here. I... I... <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't even know. We should just discuss one specific specific moment. Uh, I think we should talk about the card as, as a whole. Uh, All right. So. so let's start off with Miro and Eddie Kingston. I mean. Uh, that was, I mean, that was a good match to get us started. Uh, it, it wasn't, it, it was a pretty good, pretty good match. Uh, I wouldn't have picked it as one of my favorite moments just because there were, there's a lot more uh, surprises down the line. But yeah, for what it was worth, it was a good match. Yeah, I, I think the way they did it was they wanted to build up slowly. And and after a while, it was just like surprise after surprise after <laughs> surprise. Like there wasn't one low moment in this card once we got to the surprises. So, yeah, I think that was a pretty good match to start out on. And I don't know why this is acting up for me. I had it. Uh, wow, this show, I'll tell you the way this is going. What happened? <laughs> it, it's not pulling up everything that happened on the card for some reason. <laughs> it's not giving me the rundown of the whole show. But <laughs> uh, let me bring it up in a different spot here real quick. Just I just... Just Wikipedia the card. <laughs> yeah, all the issues, man. All the issues today. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then whatever audio is going on over there. <laughs> all right. Almost there. All right. 
we also had Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Wheeler Utah, and Jurassic Express versus TH2, Private Party, and Matt Hardy mm-hmm. in a tag team match. Obviously. Though my only part about that match was that it was on the pre-show. I think this could have definitely had more time on the main card. And I think that was the original plan up until they decided to go with the Casino Battle Royal. And we we will talk about that match here in a bit. But, yeah, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Wheeler Utah, and Jurassic Express getting the win. Hell yeah. It definitely set the pace for an awesome night. So yeah, and, I and we that also was a pretty good match as well. We we also had our first return of the night. The butcher. Yeah, the butcher's hell back. yeah. Hell yeah. The butcher who had been out on injury for a little bit, he made his return here and a lot of people were genuinely happy to see him back. So that's just another tag team to add into the mix. And hell yeah. I'm excited to see what the Butcher and the Blade do from here. Because they were they were on the big high before he got injured. So hell yeah. That's going to be pretty great for them as well. And for the following match because there was a lot here. The one I have on the list is John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. Uh, the match itself wasn't... What was pretty good. Uh, it was... But at once, uh, after the match, and the, you had the post-match angle... The match itself was forgotten about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we had our next uh, entrant into the forbidden door, <laughs> and it was a big surprise. It was a uh, Minoru Suzuki came out, and he had a face up with John Moxley. They they traded punches and elbows, and uh, Suzuki got a got him with the sleeper, and then he he put him in a he got a power driver on him, which set up a, a match that they had later on in the week on Dynamite, which we'll probably talk about later. But yeah, that that was that oh, was yeah, a pretty, a, that was a pretty big moment. Yeah, that that's where everything kind of kicked off for me. Because even though I knew I was going to enjoy the whole thing, having that first surprise there, hell yeah. It, it was, nobody was expecting that one. So, no. yeah, that was some pretty good shit there between him and Moxley. So, the following match I have, uh, this one I want to get Andrew's thoughts on. Because <laughs> I think he was the one that was oh. most invested in this match, Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander 
for the AEW Women's Championship. It was a good match. They put it all on the line. <laughs> One. Holy Brit shit! Actually, what the fuck? What? When? <laughs> what happened? Is that Andrew coming through that way? What? You didn't hear it? No. No? I didn't sounding, hear nothing. Sounding like all the sounds from hell over there. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just me? Did you hear him normally? Are, are you talking about is that like that uh that hole that they dug in siberia where they said they could hear the sounds of hell yeah <laughs> i i don't know why i'm hearing that part on my end because uh, <laughs> he's laughing show, right show. now but You still hearing it? <laughs> can y'all hear me at all? Yeah, we can hear you. I think you're just as distracting, Freddie. <laughs> I, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> anyway, back to the match. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> uh, we actually just ignore have... me and continue. Orange Cassidy actually yelling at Chris Stantlander to get up and get back in the ring like a drill <laughs> sergeant <laughs> when she got curb stomped on the outside. Uh, and you notice that uh, Britt Baker actually hit the Panama Sunrise on Statlander at one point. Yes. Which is her boyfriend's uh, finisher. Yeah, but but they called it the Pittsburgh Sunrise. Yeah, Pittsburgh Sunrise. <laughs> uh, but she kicked out of it. So the curb stomp, she kicked out of it. Uh, then we finally got the lock jaw for the win. But it was a great match. <laughs> I really enjoyed it, and I think Chris deserves another shot eventually, where she will take it. But I think it was too early for. Her to lose it is why she didn't lose it she hasn't had it long enough and that's my thought on that <laughs> all right yeah i just whoa whoa that was loud yeah <laughs> i i don't know man okay no you're like, good now I, I really enjoyed the match. It, they kind of booked themselves into a weird spot in this match. Because you you can't have Britt lose because of how over she's getting with the crowd. But then right. you're going to have Chris Stantlander lose when she is coming in hot. Like... I, I wish there was a way where they could just both have titles <laughs> at the <laughs> end of this one match, but I knew that wasn't going to happen because 
they only have the one title. So I, it's just a shame. Somebody had to suffer in this match. And unfortunately, Chris had to lose. But I don't think she really lost anything. I think she's still gonna come all right, come out all right from this. Uh, I just want to see what they do with their next. Rephrase your words. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, for possibly, definitely match of the night contender, and I would say winner for match of the year. <laughs> Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks in a steel cage match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Yeah, this was an an awesome match. Uh, They had the cage to make sure that no one from the Elite could get in. And you know what? No one from the Elite even tried to get in. So, which that, that was, that was good. Uh, like yeah, well, then that was a really fast-paced match. I mean, they did give it time also, but but when you put these two teams in the ring the other day, they always always deliver. Yeah, not uh, you know, not not a not a failed spot, not a no no botches in anywhere. You had spots where they. You had a, a Canadian destroyer destroyer on uh, on the ring apron. You had a, uh, <clears throat> you had moves from the top of the cage. You had a, at, at one point the, the young the young looks had a had a shoe that had thumb, thumbtacks on the bottom of it. So hmm. for, for for one at one point during the match, Nick uh, Jackson was going around with just one shoe or just one boot. <laughs> There, there was one spot where, uh, I, actually, I think it was, I think it was Phoenix's face went into the shoe, and his mask actually got stuck with the thumbtacks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you had a, there were a few, uh, a few near near falls, uh, uh, but in the end, uh, you know the. I was glad to see that the, the Lucia Bros won won the match, and they're now now the tag team champions, which they've been they've been looking looking to get for a long time. Yeah, yeah, it was a really amazing match. I like I said, it's probably going to end up getting match of the year. The thumbtack spot on the shoe. Lucha Bros getting all kinds of bloodied man. Like yeah. <laughs> it was an insane match. Definitely too many spots in that match for us to remember yeah. and and uh bring up right now, but hell yeah. If you haven't watched it, definitely that's a must watch match. So for the next one on the card, the 21 Women Casino Battle Royal. Uh, too many people to name as far as yeah. who was all in it. I, I can so, tell you that, that Sheeta was the first one in. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she cut her hair short. <laughs> she cut her hair. First thing I noticed. <laughs> yeah. So, after all the... So, the way... This is AEW's version of the Royal Rumble. The way they have it is they have 21 women because, you know, Blackjack 21. It's called the Casino Battle Royal. Uh, five wrestlers come out in, in one set, which they have diamonds, you know, hearts, spades, and clubs. Each, and they come out in, I think, Three minute intervals, something three and like a half. half, three and a half, and yeah. so each each time a different suit comes out, and five women make their their entrance. They don't get the full entrance because of, because of time, but they they at least they all get announced, and then after all the suits are out, the last person number twenty one is the Joker, which here the Time ran out for the Joker to come out, and you hear the song "Ruby Soho" by uh, by Rancid, and that's who came out it was Soho, the former Ruby Wright WWE, which <laughs> a lot of people were expecting, uh, and it was obvious she was going to get this that song to use. Uh, the uh, the lead the lead guitarist from Rancid, he's a a big wrestling fan and after ruby was released by wwe he actually contacted her uh and gave permission for her to use that song which is completely opposite to to another song that we'll, we'll get to here in a little bit but uh yeah i'm i'm glad she got to use that song i, I like that song I've always, I've always enjoyed that. So yeah, it's another song that the fans can get to get to sing along with. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah! But she got into the ring. The final three in the match were uh, Ruby Soho, Thunder Rosa, and Nala Rose. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Nala Rose was eliminated first, and. Then finally, after some back and forth near the near the apron, uh, Thunder Rosa was fell off the apron and was eliminated. But we we did get to see they they did get to have a, a little match between each other before that happened. So it's it's good good to see Ruby Soho in AEW. Hell yeah, uh, it. It really wasn't a surprise for me that she was there in the end because there was a lot of reports as to who could it be that was going to come out as the Joker. But the biggest report there was obviously that it was going to be her. And with all the videos that she had been releasing, which I think there was two of them, that, you know, teasing of a final destination where she would end up, this was nicely done and i was very excited to see her there so 
yeah, I'm just genuinely just anxious to see what they do with her. She definitely, she obviously got the win here, and there's no holding back. Like she's she's getting thrown straight into it already in Britt Baker's face in many different ways that have happened that has already happened. So hell yeah, I'm 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 happy so far as to how they're treating her. Uh, one night in the company, and she's already established herself in more ways than WWE ever could. And she she already already has a, has a match for, for the AEW Women's Title. Hell yeah! Straight and into she's it, already man. been called Ruby. And she's already been called Ruby Riot by Jr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. All he right. does that. He does that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the next match I have here, Chris Jericho versus MJF. Uh, with Jericho's career on the line. Yeah, this this was this was a good match. Uh, at one point, we thought Jericho Jericho was was going to have to retire because there was a point in this match where he did lose. He did lose mm-hmm. the match. Uh, Aubrey counted one, two, three, but didn't notice that his foot was on the rope. Uh, at this point, uh, Warlow and, and Jake Hager were, were had, had fought, were fighting at ringside and they had referees that were trying to separate them. Uh, w- one of the referees noticed that uh, since uh, Jericho's foot was on the rope, uh, you know, because Aubrey, she was just paying attention to the shoulders. She didn't notice his foot on the rope. So the referee came down and explained to her what happened. So then they uh, they restarted the match, which is the right thing to do. Uh, and it, But it, it wasn't long after that that uh, Jericho was able to to get MJF into the walls, and he eventually tapped out. So Jericho gets to, to continue wrestling in AEW. Mm-hmm. I kind of enjoyed the fact that Jericho's guitarist from Fozzy actually did a live rendition of Judas to play him in to the ring. Oh, yeah. Yes, that uh, yeah, cool. that was it. That was it. Uh-oh. Yeah. No, he, he said he was going to leave for, for, for okay. a minute. Yeah, yeah, he, <laughs> he, yeah he'll be back. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, that, that was a it was a good match. Yeah, it was an emotional roller coaster. You think Jericho's lost? Then they restarted it. Then he won. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. The next match we had for the first time in seven years, we had CM Punk in the ring against Darby Allen. <clears throat> see, CM Punk hasn't hasn't lost lost anything in those seven years. 
know, he he came out, you know, like like as he's done every time he's been out. The fans go crazy, and they they now they're singing along to Cult of Personality, which is something you, you never you never heard in in WWE. You never heard the fans singing along to the music. Uh, like yeah, uh, he he put on put on a really good match, and he's back. All right, uh, you, you we're talking about CM Punk and Darby now. All right, thank you, still loving. <laughs> there he is. Okay, yeah. Before we continue, the reason I left and came back in was because of the weirdest audio I was getting from Andrew. <laughs> I couldn't listen to a damn thing here what he was saying. So That's every I had day. Bounce. <laughs> well, this is different though. <laughs> because it was just it was just groans and it sounded <laughs> weird and it creeped me out. Okay. <laughs> So, I was going to say, are you still hearing the sounds of hell? <laughs> yeah, I was hearing the sounds from the pits of hell, man. That shit was <laughs> weird. But now I'm back and it's normal, so we're going to continue on from here. Oh, you better watch, watch out. Your house might be haunted. <laughs> yeah, it might be, man. With all the shit that goes on around here, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think anything else. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, what y'all think about CM Punk and Darby Allen? It it was pretty good. Like like I said, had said before he came on, it it didn't look like Punk lost lost anything. Uh, in in fact, it, it looked like he changed. He's changed his style of wrestling a little bit. Whereas before, when he was younger, it was more fast paced. But now he wrestles at a more like not not gonna say a slower pace, but more like a methodical. Uh, pace than he used to. Yeah, it, I th- I thought it was paced pretty well between the power that CM Punk had over Darby Allen, because obviously CM Punk is the bigger guy in this match, and then utilizing the speed of Darby Allen to help CM Punk look great as well like they both complemented each other in this match well yes and the spot that darby took when he got whipped into the turnbuckle oh in between the ropes back yes. first oh shit man yeah that, that it left welts on his back yeah it, it was it's insane man how Somebody like CM Punk could come in, who we we all know the story there. Haven't seen him in seven years and all that shit. He comes in, hasn't missed a step, bro. Like he adjusts real well to any situation he's put in. And I just really enjoyed the way he switched up his style to adjust himself to AEW. Like obviously, this was just the first match. So there's going to be a lot more to see from him, but I liked what I saw, and yeah. I'm not afraid, man. I like what I saw from CM Punk, and I 
I can't wait to see a lot more of them, which I know we will. Yeah, and we got to see an, another GTS on uh, on Darby, which Hell two yeah. of them. Yeah, two of them. The first one he did kick out. Yeah. No, the first one knocked him out of the ring. That's right. You're right. I forgot about that. So much stuff happened. I did forget about that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So he did G- GTS him. It was, but Darby was able to roll out of the ring, and and there was a spot where you you thought uh, CM Punk was going to win by count out, but Darby was able to sell it good enough to get back in the ring at nine. So yeah, that that was that was a good spot. Yeah, you're you're right about that. Yeah, uh, there there was enough enough big spots to carry the match. It wasn't overdone. It was a pretty basic match, but the the big spots that they put in there, like the turnbuckle spots and the GTS with Darby rolling out of the ring, like it was perfect. It was perfect for CM Punk's first match back. And the more he gets in there and the more he gets more comfortable with the style of AEW, I think he's going to start to open up more. And that's when we're going to see a lot more of how his new style is. So, hell yeah. I definitely can't wait for that. Um co-main event here <laughs> not a lot uh, to say on this match uh, I, I wouldn't really call this a main event what this match really was was it, it was it was just a match so the crowd can the Such crowd can have yes can have, they can have a rest before the before the actual main event this was yeah this was a uh, QT Marshall against uh, Paul White. And, hmm. um, yeah, it, I, I mean it didn't last too long, but like we said, it was enough time for the for the fans to to catch a breath and get ready for the for the main event. Yeah, uh, not very quick match. It, it it definitely gave enough time for the crowd to get a bit of a break there. And with all the surprises that had already happened throughout the night, and with the ones that were on the way, <laughs> I could I could understand the break they took here because, like, we're we're just here watching from home. I was I was tired, like in a good way. That's when I'm gonna. <laughs> that's how I'm gonna put it. I was tired in the best way possible because of everything they were throwing at us here. So we're just going to go straight into it. Like, Paul White just defeated QT Marshall. And it's, that's really all there is to say. Uh, it was, who's going to defeat Paul White? That <laughs> dude is big. Yeah. Especially when you put him up against someone like QT Marshall who just doesn't have the size and skill to compete with him. So, hell yeah. That was definitely a very well-deserved break for the crowd. And after that is when they headed into the main event, which was Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. 
<laughs> I kind of mumbled a little bit there. Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, Omega. <laughs> Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the AEW World Championship. Okay. Well, Kenny Omega. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, never okay. going to leave this down. <laughs> no. Uh, the... Uh, Okay, this match, I'm, I'm going to say the match they had for the Impact title was better than this one. Uh, I know, uh, well, Kenny won the match with, uh, he did the one-winged angel from the second rope, which was, I thought was pretty cool. Uh, but the match itself wasn't, wasn't the story here. It was the angle after the match. So, after the one-winged angel and Kenny gets the three, then all the elite jump in and start start getting up on, uh, on Christian. You had the Young Bucks and, and the the Good Brothers, Kenny. So then, uh, then the Lucha Bros come out and try to try to help them, uh, Jungle Boy and and uh, Luchasaurus, but they get beaten down too. So you know, Kenny grabs the mic. He said, "He he said, no, nope, no one can beat me, and the ones who 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 were able to beat me are either no no longer here or are are already dead." When he said that line, lights cut out, and it focuses on on the on the on the entranceway. And even before the, before the lights came on, you saw on the video screen. At the beginning of a video, it said, "It said Adam Cole." So lights come out, come on. Adam Cole comes out. He's in AEW. So and he he walks down down to the ring. He gets on the apron. The fans do that. The Adam Cole baby. He's still doing that, which is really which is great. I love that. Uh, for some reason, I thought I thought in the past. WWE had taken ownership of the name Adam Cole, but I guess I, I guess they didn't because uh, I know he used that name before WWE in Ring of Honor and PWG and other places. So that's good that he gets he gets to keep his name. So it's that's brand brand recognition. People know who he is. He walks into the ring and he has a stare down with Kenny Omega makes it seem like he is going to go after the title. But uh, uh, Jungle Boy gets up and uh, Adam looks like Jungle Boy super kicks him. <coughs> so that is the moment where Adam he joins, rejoins the elite. Because they used to be members of the Bullet Club when they were in New Japan. So then, you know, uh, they start... Uh, Adam Cole starts talking. Uh, can't, I can't really remember all that he said because there was, there was a lot that happened. Um, Story time with Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but I can't remember the story. <laughs> <laughs> But, but you know, he he was saying that, uh, pretty much that you know he's he's glad that you know he was able to come and 
and join up with with his his old friends and Kenny grabs Mikey and he says something and then he said uh, you know and with that I, I I bid you adieu so good night and as soon as he finishes his sentence you hear you hear the beginning of the the, the ride of the Valkyries and the music starts playing and out comes Brian Danielson. He's got he's got a shaved head. He got the hair slicked back. He drew his beard out a little. So they they were able to pull off two debuts in the same segment. Brian gets in the ring. He just starts he just starts kicking the elite's ass. <laughs> especially especially Kenny Omega gives gives him the gives him some. I don't know if he's gonna call him yes cakes, but gives him gives him the running knee, and now he's gonna he wants to challenge for the AEW title, and and the the whole time he's out there, the fans are just chanting yes yes yes, <laughs> and he actually he's gonna stop. He's not gonna do that because he can't do it because that's a WWE thing. I mean that's not going to stop the fans from doing it. He he said uh, he won't do it unless you know it gets a big reaction from from the fans. Yeah. As far as his music goes, uh, a lot of people thought he was going to come out to the final countdown, which was a song he used in the in the Indies and Ring of Honor. <sighs> but the the band Europe that performs that song. They wanted too much money for it, even for AEW standards. They they wanted mm-hmm. too much too much money for that song. So, so Brian got a, a friend of his to to cut a remix of the Ride of the Valkyries. So at at least that you know that brand rec- recognition is still there there for him. So yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> that was that was the whole match with the the segment that followed. Yeah, I was, like I said, I was quite tired by the time this match came around. But as soon as I heard Adam Cole's music hit and I and I saw that it was him, I lost my shit. I, I, I just, I was just yelling. I was, I was just yelling shit at the TV because of how happy I was. And then when he got in the ring, <laughs> yes. and and he just start he just got real down low because we know what he was preparing for, and we got because of certain reasons like being in AEW and having a bigger crowd, the biggest Adam Cole Bay Bay as we have ever yeah. heard. <sighs> I am so jealous of the people of Chicago. Because you got fucking the CM Punk return. You got CM Punk's first match, which cool. You deserve it because, like, as everybody else as a whole has been behind CM Punk and waiting for these moments, Chicago has been ready and waiting as well. So I was happy they got those moments. But... Then you get fucking Adam Cole. 
back together with the elite, which you know, as as much as they want to push themselves on screen as heels, Adam Cole, he might be a heel, but he's not a heel to us. Like, we're gonna love to see Adam Cole's matches. We are not gonna boo him, and they made that pretty obvious because a couple of times there, there was a back and forth between him and Kenny, where they would be cheering for Adam Cole, and then kind of go into a low rumble of boos for Kenny Omega. So they're already setting up a different line there between them two. Yeah, I'm just excited for that shit. And to top it off, fucking Brian Danielson, who just comes down and just gives the most intense kicks I've ever seen in the corner. Like, my chest hurt from how hard he was hitting those kicks. So, And and I was so so excited when he came out. I was was doing uh, audible gasps. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, in one night, a lot of the best moments I've seen in professional wrestling in the last year. Yeah, and so now after this, after the, the pay-per-view happened, now people are saying that this, this pay-per-view, All Out 2021, is... The one of the best, if not the best, pay-per-views, wrestling pay-per-views of all time. Uh, I know I heard a lot of people comparing it to uh, right up there with WrestleMania 17, which was 20, 20 years ago. So <laughs> I, I see a trend. Uh, best pay-per-views every 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish we didn't have to wait 20 years in between then. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we won't. Especially with AEW around now? No. They won't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a big night, man. Yeah. After after the pay-per-view went off the air, they had about maybe a two-hour uh, media scrum afterwards. With the, They had the Lucha Bros and CM Punk, Ruby Riot, uh, Adam Cole, and Brian Danielson. Uh, they all had their own their own things to say uh ruby was was happy to be in aw that she she said she'd never been she was happy to be in a place that that felt so you know so welcome that she likes what's what's going on there and she looks forward to the future i know both brian uh, and adam they were both these were two both uh, WWE guys. I mean, you you didn't think they would actually go to a different company. So they they both said that they you know they still appreciated Vince and 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 the the company that you know they still have a lot of friends there. Uh, but they just wanted to give give AEW a shot because they saw what they were doing and they they wanted to be a part of that. Uh, and also, uh, like CM Punk was saying, they also thought that that the uh, Brody Lee tribute was 
was good and they, they enjoyed that. Those were some of the reasons why they decided to to go with AEW. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I remember Brian saying is he just wanted to get back to a place where he could be doing actual professional wrestling. Yes. He mentioned professional wrestling a lot. That that just goes to show, again, that line that divides both companies. One is sports entertainment, and one is professional wrestling. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I know they're both big WWE, ex-WWE guys that were just going, wanting to go to a place where they would be respected for what they can do. And they're definitely going to shine here. So, hell yeah, man. Happiest night ever. I, yeah. I, I just couldn't. I couldn't stop. I couldn't go to sleep. I watched those last 10 minutes about five times in a row. And I, I just could not get over what I'd seen. And I know a lot of people had the same reaction. Where I was just too hyped. I couldn't go to sleep. So, yeah, I just continued on to the media scrum as well. And I went through all the interviews that were had there. And I'm just jealous of Tony Khan. Because <laughs> of what he's able to do. Of who he's able to get. And just look at who is around him. He got to hug Adam Cole. Brian Danielson and CM Punk all on the same night. And and the reason he he was really excited to get those three is because he he was a really big fan of Ring of Honor back in the the mid two thousands, which is when when all three of these guys were were in that company. Uh, and so so even you know Adam Cole he was saying that. Neither him nor the WWE knew that his contract was going to be up in July. For some reason, everyone thought that it was going to be up in December. So uh, they're like, uh, "Hey, uh, we need to talk about your contract." He said, uh, "He said, okay, well, we'll talk about it in, in a few months." He said, "No, we need to talk about it in, th- in three days because <laughs> it's about to be up." And Adam Cole did have a meeting with Vince at a SmackDown taping. Vince had told him that both Raw and SmackDown were working on uh, uh, pitching ideas for, for for him on the main roster. And boy, it's a good thing he went to AEW because yeah. this is what the plan was going to be for Adam Cole on the main roster. He was going to be sent to SmackDown after the draft, Keith Lee was going to be sent to SmackDown. They were both going to be heels, and Adam Cole was going to be the manager for Keith Lee. So, yeah. And not only that, they were going to change his name. So they wouldn't fucking get him mixed up with Michael Cole. And Michael Cole's not, last name's not even Cole. It's, not, it's like, like Koloff or something like that. If 
if anything, I would have changed Michael Cole's name. Fuck yeah. Michael Cole. Yeah. <laughs> or but, or just call him Michael. Like fuck it. But I mean, what? Why are you gonna have Adam Cole who who can still wrestle? He's only thirty two years old. He hasn't even hit the prime of his career yet. How can you just make him a manager? Make him talk for somebody who could talk. Keith Lee gives some of the best promos in the company, and they both can wrestle, Keith Lee and Adam Cole. I, I don't get what their thinking was there. I'm, I'm just glad that he made the right decision. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason. I mean, obviously, you could be angry about it because if it would have if it would have happened, that would have been bullshit. But there's really no point in being as angry about it because he went to a better place. And obviously, we're happy about that. My only thing there is if him being his manager wasn't going to go on for a very long time, and eventually that would have led for... And Adam Cole match versus Keith Lee. Yeah. Which well, they've done that in the NXT. <laughs> yeah, but you you know the WWE because, mentality of NXT doesn't matter unless you see it on the main roster. So yeah, because Keith Lee's took the NXT title from Adam Cole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there definitely was a story they could have told there, but fuck it. That wasn't a story. We've moved on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. That was shit. I don't know. It was a shit show. Yeah. Which is where NXT (laughs) said it's going to be the third shit show. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. There, There definitely was... A lot of great shit that happened in AEW this week. So now that we've now that we've gone through all out, I'm gonna go back to Johnny and get a quick moment of him from Dynamite. Okay. Uh, well, I I enjoyed the first, the opening match between <laughs> Dustin Rhodes and Malachi Black. You you had uh, at at one point uh, uh, Malachi put Dustin through the commentary table, like the the very first match you already destroyed the commentary table. Uh, at one point, some some reason Malachi Black brings Cody's boot out from under the ring, <laughs> and was it under the ring? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't that, know that's either. The, that's the official AEW mascot. <laughs> Cody's Cody. boot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, Dustin sees this, it fires him up. He got a little a little offense offense in uh um I can't remember whether it was Dustin or Malachi who, who pulled the turnbuckle pad off. And it exposed the, the the ring, the the uh, turnbuckle. But 
Dustin was thrown in, into that by Malachi, and then Malachi was able to get the black mass, which he he almost missed. <laughs> he almost missed the black mass. Got him on the got him yeah. on the he got him on the shoulder and beat him at, at and that's what beat Dustin with. Then Dustin started bleeding from the mouth. I mean, he obviously he he put a, a blood capsule in his mouth, but it's a pretty nice imagery to make it seem like he has internal injuries. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, at, at least with Malachi Black, he makes even like when he didn't quite hit the black mass in the right spot. With everything he does and how hardcore his style is, it, he makes you believe that there could be internal injuries. Right. Because I, I've seen him on some of his lives on Twitch when he's training and just working out at his gym. Dude's got power, man. Dude's got power behind them kicks. And we've said that ever since WWE, how the Black Mass is devastating. And if he were truly, and if he truly wanted to connect with it the right way, he gonna fuck up your jaw. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I could believe them pushing the story of the internal injuries and all that shit. So, hell yeah. That, that was a pretty good moment. Uh, now that we got Johnny coming in there, I'm going to go over to Drew and see what he enjoyed from Dynamite. Not saying I enjoyed it, but I'm intrigued by it. And that would be the... The... Uh, how do I word this? Mm -hmm. The uh, I don't even know how to word it. the dissension or this organization of the Dark Order seeming to be falling apart without a leader. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> becoming yeah. A, becoming a very interesting storyline, and we know Anna J came back as part of the Battle Royal, and she's trying to keep them together, but I don't think it's working. I'm not sure what they're going to do if they're going to let it fall apart and get reorganized as something else or if they're going to bring someone else in. So, I don't well, know. It's an no, intriguing I mean, storyline. <laughs> I mean, who, who, who do you think is going to be the one to bring them back together? Either Hangman Page or Negative One? Uh, I don't know. Well, we don't have a negative one. He's too young. <laughs> Unless he comes, just comes back and starts slapping them all around as a 10-year-old, which would be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, it, it, or maybe they just bring someone else in. And, and I that's where I was headed. See where they go. Yeah, yeah I think that's, I think I know where... where uh, Freddie's going to go with that. <laughs> oh, I do too. In my defense, I'm not the only one that's saying it. There's a lot of people on Twitter and just all around, all around 
Facebook, everybody is saying it. It it could it could be one of two people and I would be fine with it. One more than the other, obviously. Either you bring in Wyndham Rotunda, which, you know, former Bray Wyatt the Fiend, or Eric Redbeard, which he already has the connection because he's been in the company a couple of times already. We've seen him on TV. So yeah. either one of those could work because of the connection to Brody Lee. That That's just what I would do. And not to pull away from the moment we're trying to build here, but I think the bigger moment there would be Wyndham because of everything that could be done eventually with him and Daniel Bryan because he used to be in the Wyatt family and it could just be done a whole lot better in AEW. You know. Yeah. Uh, apparently his new name going forward is going to be uh, Bray Wyndham. Okay. Yeah. It's going to have to grow on me, man. But hey, look, as long as I get him on TV in AEW, that's all that matters to me. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just ready to see what's going to happen in October with him because I know that's when his 90 days are up. Around Halloween time, I would say, would be the best time uh, to bring uh, him uh, in. October 29th, which is, yeah. which is a Friday, which is... Uh, be a good time for a live rampage. Hell yeah. That would be the biggest moment of that episode of Rampage. So I'm I'm just ready to see this man. I have a feeling this is what they're gonna do. So hell yeah. That was a pretty that was a pretty interesting moment as well. This is going to sound a little bit weird to come in from myself or from any of us because we all know that AEW, even though they have handled things correctly, they've had their fair share of, oh shit, maybe that shouldn't have been said moments. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Max Caster, here's looking at you. I see you back on TV. Yeah, MJF. We've said it before. He likes to push the boundaries. He likes to talk a lot of shit. We've grown used to that side of MJF. So I expect great things from him when he gets on the mic. But it doesn't come as a surprise to me anymore when he says certain things. But this week... It might have been a little too much. They might have <laughs> let him push the envelope a little too far with <laughs> bringing up and mocking Brian Pillman's mom's drug problems. Yeah. And abortion jokes? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I've I've already saw someone say it on social media. Like you're gonna punish 
Max Caster for what he said. And so far, we haven't heard anything about if they're going to do anything to MJF over what was said. So I don't, I don't know. Well, I, I have a feeling that's probably because MJF's lines were probably approved and Max Caster's weren't. Yeah. I, either way, I, even if they were approved, I wonder who approved those. I really do wonder who approved those because I mean don't get me wrong it's in character for MJF but uh, maybe it was a little too much like I said I'm the only reason I say this is because as much great shit as we talk about MJF and AEW as a whole we also need to focus when things like these are said because sometimes they're not going to sit right and there needs to be repercussions i just hope they clear this up somehow because drug problems are no joke and neither neither is abortion so i hate to i hate that i got serious there for a minute but it's just the truth. It's how I felt about it. It's how a couple of people I've seen have felt about it. I know Johnny brought it up. Especially with all the all the recent talk about abortion. Yeah. It, 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 maybe it would have... God, I don't, I don't want to sound like a dick either. Like, it wasn't the right... It's never the right time for abortion jokes. It's never the right time for drug problem jokes. Especially right now with all the abortion talk. Like, maybe at another time it wouldn't have got as much attention, as much bad attention as it's getting right now. But, hey, it happened. I hope they find a way to clear it up and make things right. I'm pretty sure they will, because... It's AEW. I mean, they might slip up or let something like this slip, but they always come back and make it right. So I just hope they're able to do that this coming week, or I'm going to be a slight bit disappointed if they don't. But, yeah, I just had to bring that moment up because I thought it was something that needs to be discussed. So, now that we got our moments in there for Dynamite, I'm going to go back to Johnny and get his thoughts on Rampage. Okay, uh, well, I know it seems like Rampage, they're doing their show backwards. I, I, I know they, they only have three matches, but it seems like they're putting matches that should have been the main event at first which you know in the past that they had the the christian versus kenny match first and they had cm punk coming out first uh this this week they had uh andrade versus uh pack first which was going to be on on all out but 
because of Peck having travel issues, they had to push it here, which, uh, truth be told, this was this was actually taped after Dynamite on Wednesday. It wasn't live this week. But if this match would have been on that all-out card, it would have been... It would have been a really good uh, good contender for match of the night. It probably would have come second to the Lucha Brothers Young Bucks match because it, it, this was uh, was a really good match. A lot of back and forth offense between Andrade and Pac. Yeah, and I, I, I thought um, they they put on some some great moves. I, I know. Uh, Heck, he did a uh, a, a huracrana from the second rope, and uh, then Andrade did a, a corkscrew uh, springboard off off the apron on, uh, onto the floor onto Pack. Uh, I didn't really care for the finish though. Uh, they had some guy named Jose, which I I don't know who that is. Uh, the first time I've seen that guy, honestly, uh, he was. That's a uh, supposed to be Andrade's lawyer. Oh, okay. Uh, well, <laughs> he had he had a, like a stun gun with him or something, a, a, like a cattle prod, or kind of re- reminding me of the the thing that the the uh, the Mountie used to carry around with him, but. Uh, he, 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 that was going off, and he he got on the apron, and and the referee was trying to get him down. And while that was hap- destruction was happening, Chavo got in the ring and hit hit Pack in the in the back with the iPad, <laughs> which that caused uh, Andrade uh, to get the win. And after the match, Andrade wasn't happy with Chavo, and he—I uh, think he actually—he, I think this was a split. Uh, Andrade got rid of got, got rid of Chavo for for helping him win the match because he wanted to do it himself. So I'm guessing Chavo no no longer with with uh, no longer with Andrade, but. After that, uh, then, then uh, Pac just locked in his submission on Chavo and wouldn't let him go. <laughs> for for he, he had him in there for in there for a couple of minutes. I I forget what what that movie is called that he puts him in. But... <laughs> yeah, it it was good. Uh, at least that part was anyway. But now I'm thinking the reason that Chavo's not going to be with Andrade anymore is because they're going to bring someone else in to be with Andrade. <laughs> I think this. I think we're about to see uh, Ric Flair debut in the AEW. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, definitely all signs have been pointing to that. So if this is why they did this breakup between Chavo and Andrade, yeah, I'm down for that. So we're just going to have to wait and see next week if uh, that's something they decide to do quickly or if it's going to be a slow build to it. 
but we know it's coming because we've already seen Ric Flair hanging around backstage. There's a lot of videos of him running around with different AEW talent and doing his thing. So (laughs) my personal favorite, not to get into it, I'm just going to bring it up real quick because I'm pretty sure a lot of you have seen it. Him and Orange Cassidy with the sunglasses. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. That shit is hilarious. But, yeah. Pretty good moment there. We'll see what it leads to. It has the potential to be another huge get for AEW. So, definitely great moment there. So, now that we got Johnny's moment in there, I'm going to go over to Andrew and see what moment he has for Rampage. Of course, it's the trios, the women's trios match, <laughs> <laughs> and it's st- and it started out with your first women's champion taking on your current women's champion when you had Riho and Britt Baker going at it in the ring to start the match. And I must say, I really missed Riho <laughs> since she's been mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, <laughs> heart energy and passion and ability just makes me how much I've missed her. <laughs> she was such a great yeah. champion. I think she deserves another shot. Uh, but uh, Ruby actually gives Rebel to win, win the match for Riho, Statlander, and Ruby. But yeah, I enjoyed that match and I made me realize how much I missed Riho. <laughs> Yeah, she's what? As she always she's all like, oh, 95 pounds, all 95 pounds of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, De- definitely a good thing that they brought in Rico here. Uh, yeah, I didn't know how much I missed her until I saw her and how, how much she's able to move around the ring pretty damn quickly and. Yeah, just her bubbly personality, always smiling and shit. You don't see that a lot when they get in a match and they have to be all serious. So to see her in there was pretty badass. And for... And for... uh, And for what it was, and for Ruby Soho getting her second win in AEW, even though it was... In the trios tag match, yeah, I fucking enjoyed it. So I, I have to share that with you because, like we said on Rampage, it's only an hour, so there's really not a lot there. But yeah, I, I I'm glad that she's in there getting wins from the get go and definitely showing that she's gonna have a great showing against Britt. So. I, for one, can't wait for that match. Yeah, pretty great moments for AEW all around. Yeah. Uh, what? Before, we, uh, before we move on, let me talk about some numbers. Because all right. they're, it's, getting, it's getting close. WWE and AEW are almost even. The only thing about that is that they're going in opposite directions. 
Dynamite this week saw or had 1.3 million viewers. That's getting close to to raw numbers. And you know, it's like we were saying before, you know, with all these these acquisitions that they're getting, you know, because of because WWE letting go and all the stuff they're they're gonna, they're going to do with NXT and we haven't even you know what we didn't even talk about what Mick said this week on Facebook. Yeah. Mick Foley he had a video out there saying that WWE has a problem that they're no longer the place where stars are created because of of bad creative decisions and uh, booking decisions that and and because AEW is the opposite of that with making uh, great creative stories and and decisions that that the fans want that they're just you know they're not they're not cutting it anymore and um, make even went on to say that even if he was uh around at this time that he wouldn't want to be there either he he doesn't think he would be treated the way he was back in the the attitude era and i i know he's of course he's receiving receiving negative reaction from that but from from people in wwe but hey he was telling the truth and yeah they, you know the the ratings they prove they prove that that uh, you know, everything going in, in AEW sayers. Yeah. I, I know this is something we slightly touched on during the week. When someone like Mick Foley, who damn near killed themselves a couple of times in the same for WWE, in the same match, comes out and says you are not what you used to be we understand why people have all eyes on the w we understand that you are not what you used to be and that's why people are asking for releases and wanting to go somewhere where they are actually respected is because you just don't have it anymore and it's pretty obvious. We don't need to say it. We've said it many times. WWE has been overtaken. AEW is where it's at. With the moves of getting Danielson, CM Punk, Adam Cole, Ruby Soho, and the rest that are coming, Mick's not wrong. The ratings show it. Like, it, it's close, but just give it, I would say, another month. And I think WWE is not going to be getting those ratings anymore. AEW is going to be the one on top of all the ratings. Yeah. And WWE is fucked. Like, there's no easy way of putting it. 
it's uh, like we were saying earlier too. You know, Ke- Kevin Owens is he's on his way to AEW. It appears, which yeah. would be Kevin Steen, and uh, you know, who's to say that Sami Zayn won't follow him because they're because they're really good friends. So <laughs> they're best friends. Yeah. So. They are. They are. Maybe not, but <laughs> not literally. <laughs> I think they are. They're not. Well, I know they are, but they're not part of the best friends. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> it could be the best friends versus the best as a friends. <laughs> the best. Yeah, look, man, a lot of shit could happen there still, but it, it looks like everything that's happening is in AEW's favor because they're playing their cards right. They know what they're doing. So it's it's only right that they reap the rewards, and I I for one am, am happy about it. You think I would be bummed out about WWE? No. no, because you're not trying anymore. So I'm happy about this. And so we've spoken a lot of great here, a lot of great shit about AEW. We said we were going to try and make this an AEW-positive episode, which we have for the most part. But we also, from time to time, as we did with COVID, talk real-life issues. And that's how we're going to end it here. This weekend marked the 20-year anniversary of the 9-11 attack. A lot of pride there, a lot of fallen heroes that we need to remember, which we which we do. There's all the events that go down this weekend to commemorate them, to name, reading all of their names, all the coverage that they do, the footage they show. Yeah, it's all in remembrance of the events and of the people that risk their lives to try and save other people, all the firefighters, all the cops that went into the buildings, um, the people that took down the planes so they wouldn't hit their original target. Yeah, it's there's a lot of way to commemorate and remember and I know one of the things WWE did was they were doing a documentary on the SmackDown after 9-11, which I don't know how y'all feel about it, but I'm pretty sure y'all would agree with me cool. that Vince had a very positive message at that time. And he went out and said what he had to say to motivate people to... Yeah. To put it in a positive way when we were down in our worst for what has happened. Yeah, but again, 20 years later, I can see that 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 was just WWE's way of just wanting to be number one because at the time they they you know they said that they were the first sporting event to have a live uh, a live event after 9/11 because. Uh, oh, because I, I know that at the time they they suspended baseball. 
they suspended yeah. the, the they suspended the NFL for for a week. Uh, and nothing was going on sports wise, and WWE being sports entertainment, they were the first live event. Uh, they were actually supposed to tape SmackDown on September 11th in Houston, uh, but instead they decided we're just going to go live from Houston on September 13th, two days after. Because yeah. SmackDown, back then SmackDown was still on Thursday nights. So I think that's just WWE's way of taking credit for that. I mean, I, I, I know, you know, Vince has some some good words to say, and they brought back the, the yellow, uh, I mean, the uh, red, white, and blue ring ropes and all that. And, yeah. Yeah. And like I like I mentioned, I I know they were doing that documentary on the Friday after nine eleven. And I when I first heard about that documentary and that WWE was doing it, even though I had been down on WWE a lot, my first thought was maybe that's something I would like to watch. Because I just want to know the behind the scenes. Like, it, it's even though it was tragic, it's an interesting story. And it's interesting to hear what people thought about it at that time. And now, after watching SmackDown, <laughs> I can tell you that I'm not going to watch this documentary because if anything, the opportunity they had to do something special on SmackDown and not taking the chance to do it made me lose what little respect I had left for Vince and unfortunately WWE. I don't know. I, I know a lot of you know the story. Some of you might not, but Thea Trinidad's dad, aka Zelina, was in the tower on the 103rd floor when the planes hit. And unfortunately, as many other people did, he lost his life that day. Zelina lost her dad that day. Yeah, because. Uh... He was on a part of the building above where the plane crashed. So, yeah, it, anyone that was above the the where the plane crashed, they were they were they were assumed dead because how and you know there was no way they were going to get down because uh, the whole area was just covered with with debris and, and flames and all that. So there was no no escaping that. If they were above yeah. the, where the plane crashed. Yeah. So them being in Madison Square, Madison Square Garden on Friday was the perfect opportunity to do the ultimate show of respect that WWE can do. By having Thea be in the match that they had already announced. The match was announced. And that is the only match they cut. The was one it person... Was it announced? 
Yeah, it was announced. When? I, I didn't hear much announced. That it, it was, I forgot where it was announced, but yeah, it, it was, that match was but announced. It, it was supposed to be a tag match with uh, yeah. Zelina and Carmella against uh, Liv Morgan, and um, I'm assuming Tony Storm, that they didn't, uh, they didn't say for sure, I, I think, or, or it could have been just a partner of whatever they're choosing. Yeah. Either way, people knew about the match. And it went as far as Zelina being back in gorilla position, in her gear, ready to go, tweeting out a picture of her in, in said gear with her robe on, fucking ready to go out there. And the tweet, all it said was, never mind. Yeah, uh, the gear that she had was supposed to be a tribute to, to her dad. Uh, yeah. And for some reason or another, they cut. They just cut the whole segment. They cut the whole match. Uh, I think they... There was other stuff that they could have cut from the show to make room for this. Uh, I think, you know, they said the Edge Seth Rollins match went too long. Also, you really didn't need that ten man tag, and, and that was just like a just do that that one on a house show. I mean, I mean the only re- the only reason that they had that match was just to bring out some. Some basketball fucker that nobody gives a shit about. Yeah, Trey Young. Yeah. Like, I, shit, I've never even heard of him. But just for him to get involved in the match, yeah, they could have cut that whole match. Yeah. There, there was definitely a couple of things they could have cut to let Zelina have her moment. <laughs> Because you know if they were to have done it, they probably would have gave her the win. That's where I think it would have gone. To honor her dad, to be able to have that moment, to stand in the corner on the ropes, raising her hand up to her dad. You know, pointing up to the skies in tribute of her dad. Whatever whatever she would have done. It would have been an amazing moment. And if WWE had any heart, if you truly wanted to show that you cared, instead of making a fucking documentary about what you said 20 years ago, focus on someone in the company. As far as I know, the only person in your company that lost someone on that day and give them a moment, man. Yeah, and I and I mean they they had other nine eleven moments in the show. They showed that they were you know that what Vince said at the beginning. They had a, another segment where uh, back when George Bush gave his his comments to, uh, to WWE and all all the the while showing images of of uh, after nine eleven. You know, they could have added this moment to the show. 
but yeah. no, yeah, yeah, I would rather get the get the uh, the pop culture references from now in there. Yeah, I mean, there there's a lot that we could say here, like the footage, like you said, of President Bush speaking at Ground Zero. This is all stuff we've already seen. And I understand if you still want to pass some of that. Because it is... This is the history of 9-11. But there's many ways you could do it. And just let her have her moment. I mean, that's fucked because it already happened. Like, you can't go back and do it now because the day has passed. Yeah. So... And I, I just, it it just doesn't sit right with a whole lot of people that a yeah. moment like this is sitting in front of you. Why not yeah. take it? I, again, and Mick Foley had another negative tweet about about this. You know, saying that you know he he felt he felt bad about this that that they couldn't they couldn't do this. Yeah. The one thing that is right in front of you that you could have done for someone that you released and gave so much shit to over something as small as Twitch to bring her back, give her a shitload of losses, hope of maybe having the women's title, but never really giving her a straight shot at it. And and you can't even do this one thing for her. You know, uh, I, I, to you know, to Thea, I, you made the wrong decision by wanting to come back to them. Sorry, but you should have you should have waited and just gone with your your husband to AW. Yeah, I you, I understand the choice. You should have known better. I don't I, understand. I know. Okay. This is why I understand her choice. Her dad, big WWE fan, The Rock, was her dad's favorite wrestler. Them sharing the moment when I think she was four years old, when she told her dad. That she wanted to be a WWE superstar. And her mom said, okay, like, I'll entertain this idea you have of wanting to be a WWE star. I mean, at four years old, who knows what they really want to do in life, you know? We're fucking four years old watching Saturday morning cartoons. (laughs) But... Her dad was like, if that's what you want to do, because I know you love it. We watch it. I love it. I want to share this with you. I want to help you get there. He believed in her. He believed in her at four years old. I understand the decision because of the love and the passion and connection between wrestling, WWE, and her her and her dad that is the only connection they have left 
other than for going to Ground Zero and seeing his name amongst all the other names. Yes, yes, I think it was also the wrong decision, but it's a decision I understand because she wants to keep that connection to her dad. But so so many different things could have been done there. Like, yeah, I think she should have went to AEW with her husband. But I understand why she made this choice. But yeah, I mean, look at what they're not doing for you. <laughs> and then she yeah. she stayed she stayed in New York because yesterday they had the big. Uh, the big 20th anniversary and, and and every year they always read off the names of the people that passed away this time it was on it was on tv and what they would do they would have two people go up there and read a read a, a set of names and they're all in alphabetical order uh some they would bring up a, a loved one of, of someone that they lost in 9-11 maybe it's a it's a one of the the kids of one of the one of the people that died or sometimes it was the grandkids who or the nieces and nephews that never got to meet their relatives that passed away but uh, uh, Thea did get get to go out there and read some of the names then after they, they get done finished reading their list they they talk about who they're there for and, and what what they meant to them and so she was talking about her her father um, uh, michael angel trinidad you know how you know he never got to see her get married to to uh, to tommy and how he never got to see his 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 grandkid his uh, her brother uh, has a kid so he he never got to experience that and just you know that they 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 miss him and they 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 love him. So yeah, that that was that was a good moment. I I actually got to watch that on TV yesterday before I left the house. Yeah, Touching I, I yeah, I got to watch it as well, and I'm just glad she was able to have some moment to say what she thought, say how she felt. And yeah, just to put it out there that because of these moments that happened 20 years ago, he wasn't able to see her get married and wasn't able to see him have his kid and him be a grandpa. Like it's it's moments like that that you would think, how would it be if he was here? And but, he never, you and know, he never did get to see her be in the ring. Yeah, yeah. And I remember one of the things she said was, "I just hope you're proud of us." And yeah, it was it was just a real touching moment. And I'm I'm glad she at least got that. She deserves more. Like, a lot of people deserve more, but I'm just glad they got that. So. We're just happy that she's doing what she wants to do and where she wants to do it. I just wish they would realize 
that they do wrong in not giving people these moments. Unfortunately, you know, it being the weekend it is, we had to bring that up and get serious for a bit. So it is what it is. I know a lot of people, a lot of people were in celebration of everyone this weekend. But now that we've been through all of that, it is time to stump the brain. Okay. Who was the last ECW champion? You're talking about original ECW? Sure. The only ECW. <laughs> oh, he, he he wants to try to trick me. He's going to go for the EC, ECWWE or the WWECW. Uh, okay. I have both uh, names listed, so I have oh, both no. names listed. <laughs> I'll accept either one. <laughs> the original, I'm, I'm going to say Rhino. Yes, the original was Rhino. The, the last ECW champion. Yeah, and I, I'm not uh, too clear on the on the second one. <laughs> uh, I I want to say I want to say Christian, but that might not be right. Okay, Christian lost it to Ezekiel Jackson on the very last episode of ECW, like three uh, minutes before it went off the air. So he's champion for three minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. <God> damn. <laughs> Ezekiel Jackson. Holy shit. Well, that's a name you never heard of again. <laughs> yeah, and you haven't heard of since. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so lot very AEW heavy podcast this weekend, which Rightly so, seeing as everything they're doing. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, a lot more people now will focus on AEW instead of WWE, seeing as the tides have turned. <laughs> yeah, so I, I can't back WWE, so all I'm going to say is there's a lot of AEW to watch during the week, so... Definitely get your eyes on that. If you have any questions or comments, Wrestling Has Lost Its Way at Yahoo.com or Wrestling Has Lost Its Way on Facebook. And uh, even though it was a bit of a rough weekend, I uh, hope everybody was able to spend it with your families, enjoy it somehow. And yeah, just keep your eyes on AEW because that's where it's at. And like always, we'll be back with y'all next weekend. Until then, enjoy the week. And make sure you tell your friends about us, because uh, I'm not not to give anything away here, but we we have we are in in talks about some surprises coming to Wrestling Fox Way in the near future. So just stay tuned for that, and we'll, we'll see you next week. Check you later. You rock, Sammy Guevara. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>